think we could describe this problem at the moment is one where building owners and industry is actually way out ahead of where government is at the moment. And that has created a problem where, as you point out, insurance companies are now in charge, in control of this problem. I'm Michael Hopkins, the CEO of Master Builders ACT, and you're listening to Strata with Susan. Welcome to Strata with Susan, the show focused on the complex world of strata law in the ACT. Your host, Susan Proctor from Proctor Legal, is an accredited specialist in property law whose daily focus is on helping clients with their legal requirements around strata, developments and commercial property. This is a show where Susan will share her extensive expertise, thoughts, insights and advice on strata law and welcome leading figures from the industry so that you can stay well informed around all aspects of strata law in the ACT. Here's your host, Susan Proctor from Proctor Legal. Hi everyone and thanks for joining me for the very first episode of Strata with Susan. This podcast has been something I've wanted to do for a very long time. I feel that I am in a unique position to share with you insights into ACT Strata and issues that are facing the ACT Strata world particularly in light of the new legislation that's starting on the 1st of November. I have a great network of professionals in and outside of Canberra who are willing to come on the show and share some valuable insights and knowledge around current and pressing strata issues. It's great to finally have you listening. For most shows, I'm going to welcome a guest, a leading industry figure, and talk to them about their experiences and advice around strata and current issues so you can be well-placed to ensure that you're addressing matters appropriately and you're well-informed and protected and operating within the law. Speaking of leading industry figures, I've gone big with the first episode and our guest is Michael Hopkins, CEO of Master Builders ACT. You will have seen Michael in various news clippets lobbying ACT government relentlessly to ensure that appropriate legislative provisions are there to ensure the quality of building product for our community in the ACT. Michael is a fierce proponent of the Sheer Gold Weir Report, as is the MBA, and that is the landmark report impacting the future directions of the profession and the quality of building throughout Australia, and in particular in the ACT. I started out by asking Michael to set the scene for us in terms of the Master Builders ACT role in Canberra and the community. Well, in Canberra, the Master Builders Association has been around since 1925, and our purpose ever since then has been to support the local construction industry. We advocate on their behalf to government, we provide a lot of training uh, to, to industry, and our overall role is just to make sure we have a strong, healthy construction industry. There's around 20,000 people that work in the local construction industry, so we're, we've got a big job to do to, to keep them busy and, and running successful businesses. And I see you in the media frequently, or in more recent times with the budget, etc. What are your key issues for your constituents at the moment? Building quality and introducing the building reforms is something we've been campaigning for a long time about, more than 10 years about. But there's also a lot of regulation, a lot of red tape that applies in our business. Safety is a really important issue at the moment. We've heard plenty of that in the media about safety. We're wanting to improve those standards. Um, but look, overall, we just want a healthy, successful industry. And there's, uh, there is lots of work to be done in the ACT to make sure we've got that in place. So our community that that this podcast is focused on are largely 
largely consists of owners and occupiers of residential and commercial units in the ACT. And you will have seen and you'll be well aware of some problematic developments that we have in the ACT. How do you see a way forward in addressing those types of issues that are cropping up in our built form? Well, I think the first point to note here is that while we do see plenty of news reports about dodgy builders and greedy developers and problems with apartment blocks, is these are the minority of cases. Overwhelmingly, we have um, plenty of good quality builders, good quality developers building projects that we should be proud of here in Canberra. And we know this because they win Master Builders National Awards. But we do need to deal with those problems uh, that are highlighted and we do need to put in place some reforms to make sure that, if you like, bottom end of our industry is is being held accountable. Um, now, our message to government and our way of fixing this is pretty simple. Government just needs to get serious about building quality and introduce the expert report recommendations, the building confidence report recommendations um, to address the issue. So they deal with issues such as licensing, training, um, private certification uh, and enforcing the laws uh, that are in place. We think if, if the ACT government focused on those areas of, of reform, did it in a nationally consistent way, so worked with all of the other state and territory governments, we'd have a far better building system and we'd see far less problems than, than the ones that you highlighted earlier. Master Builders Association does have, you touched on, a national presence if we're building the same types of buildings in each jurisdiction, why do we have such different laws and processes to regulate it? The mind boggles why we would have so many different systems to regulate building a house in Australia. There are, look, there are some reasons why you might uh, have different rules, for example, cyclonic conditions in North Queensland versus different, you know, you know climate reasons in, in Canberra. But overall, building a house or building an apartment block or building a commercial building is pretty much the same. And it makes sense to us that we have nationally consistent laws. Um, it, it has been our endless struggle, though, to try and get all of the state and territory governments working together on that. If you look more locally, the ACT is obviously surrounded by New South Wales. And even if we could just have more consistent rules with New South Wales, that would um, be of great benefit to our members. There, are, there would be very few builders, house builders, for example, that would be licensed to build in the ACT that wouldn't be licensed to build in New South Wales. So it would make sense to have some consistent rules, at least between the Territory and New South Wales. Um, but this is what the Building Confidence Report deals with. It recommends a national approach. It sets out 24 recommendations, which it says all building ministers across the country should implement. And that's our focus. That's, that's our main message to government is to focus on implementing those 24 recommendations. So there are buildings out there that are impacted at the moment with cladding. We've seen Grenfell, we've seen Mascot Towers, we've seen other issues crop up in Victoria and we've seen how government has responded or not responded to those issues. How is the building sector coping with products and products like cladding? How do you see those sorts of issues being dealt with into the future? Look, the quality of building materials is a key issue and what we've seen in other states, those projects that you mentioned, we can learn a lot from that and there's a lot that the ACT can learn learn from that. Um, when we talk about cladding specifically, I think we need to break the problem down into a few different segments. In some cases, there are genuine examples where builders have not just not built to the building standards and we've ended up with a product or a building which um, needs to be fixed. Now, in those cases, um, we would advocate that the builder 
needs to be held accountable for the problems that they've made. But there are other examples where um, th we might be dealing with a very old building and we didn't know back then when that building was built that we had a problem with material or we might have um, a, a product which has been built to standard but some new information has come to light more recently about it. Now in those cases, the owners of those apartments are going to need some help from somebody, um, help from government most likely to, to fix up their problem because we know from, again, those examples that you highlighted, what could happen if we don't address this issue properly. So it is pleasing to see the ACT government include some money in its budget to assist owners' corporations, at least investigate this problem. We hope also that they would extend some of that funding to uh, owners' corporations so they can actually get the, the, the building work fixed. But this is a key issue that our industry needs to deal with over the next few years. So with cladding and the recent announcement by ACT government in the budget that they're going to fund low interest loans, as I understand it, for investigative works by an owner's corporation, it's my understanding that most of the owner's corporations that are out there that are impacted by cladding, combustible cladding, are already on notice about that issue due to the insurers asking them to investigate and the owners' corporations having to respond to whether or not there's uh, they need to make some sort of statement as to whether or not they have such cladding on their building. And that's led to the rocketing of insurance premiums for owners' corporations and requests for a remediation plan and consideration of remediation options. It appears that ACT government are attempting to do something, but it really it seems to be just touching on the beginning of a process that is something that most people are already addressing and dealing with and more assistance is needed to actually get it to the second stage. And that assistance could come in the form of, of a plan, a recommendation as, as to what to do, how to fund, which builders to use, what products are safe to use and what products are actually insurable into the future. This is my understanding that some insurers are walking totally away from the concept of any sort of cladding. So replacing with another form of cladding that isn't combustible isn't necessarily a solution. How would you see MBA members assisting ACT government in this process? And is, is that an opportunity that we could consider? I think we could describe this problem at the moment as one where building owners and industry is actually way out ahead of where government is at the moment. And that has created a problem where, as you point out, insurance companies are now in charge, in control of this problem. Building owners know they've got an issue to deal with. Um, industry knows it has an industry to deal with and has some good ideas about how to fix it. But in the ACT, the government has been a little bit slow to respond. Now, they haven't been doing nothing. They've been doing an audit of their own government-owned buildings, and, and so they should, because a number of those are very high-risk buildings, such as hospitals and schools, for example. But what, one of the problems we have here is that our owners' corporations are just needing information. Uh, they know they have a problem, but they don't know where to go to to get that good advice. Um, now, certainly, there are local companies who are um, developing that expertise and groups like the Master Builders Association can provide um, a great deal of assistance here as well. So something that we would be calling on the government to do is not only provide some funding like they have been doing, but actually just provide some guidance as to, to, to help owners' corporations navigate this problem. Um, let them know um, which 
building assessors they should be using, what type of products they should be using, how do they navigate the, the legal minefield that they need to go through. Because if they don't, it really is just the owner's corporation versus big insurance company. And we know who's going to win win that uh, fight if, if the uh, owner's corporations don't have any support. So there is a massive need for, us, for, for groups like the NBA and others to help owner's corporations with this problem. As you're aware, Michael, I am involved with the Owners Corporation Network and Strata Communities Association and a little local law firm called Proctor Legal, where we have been trying to get ACT government on the bus, so to speak, to progress matters. I think it would be useful for us, if we are able to, to hold some sort of forum where experts from MBA could speak to these issues and to perhaps speak to a process and that's a platform that we could put together for the benefit of our constituents. Absolutely. I mean, Canberra has good quality builders, good quality lawyers and advisors that can help owners corporations here and we'd be more than willing to, to work with you, Susan, to, to provide some good quality advice here. So strata reform, I've been privileged and very honoured to be the Master Builders Association representative on the strata reform consultative committee group to ACT government. And strata reform, as you know, is something that runs through my blood, (laughs) my veins, because sometimes I get quite frustrated with legislation that is just not keeping up to speed with the pace of development and the complexities of of the amazing buildings and product that we're putting out there that are architecturally stunning and that create vibrant, amazing communities. But then there's something lacking in terms of how, how do we operate and behave within these communities to ensure we've got a sustainable community. So our ACT legislation has been a little bit backward for some time or simplistic and this has been a, uh, a way to move forward to facilitate a more sustainable community moving forward with better governance structures. Coming back to the point, I have been grateful to be MBA's representative in that space and ensuring that from a developer and a builder perspective that the changes are appropriate. We have got some new changes that are coming into effect from a developer perspective in terms of developer disclosure and greater obligations on a developer to explain what the end product will look like to a purchaser off the plan before they start looking at a unit. How do you feel from a member perspective developers will feel about that additional disclosure obligation? Well, Susan, first of all, thank you for representing the MBA on that working group because I've got to say this is an extremely complex area of law uh, that requires someone like yourself who understands all of that intricacies of the law. That's certainly not me. Um, but it is an issue, very, an issue that is very important to members of the MBA, so we really needed to have a voice on that committee. Thank you for doing that. Um, the, the message that we hear from these reforms is that they are heading in the right direction because, as you point out, as Canberra grows, our types of development become more complex. We're certainly becoming uh, more high-rise and there's many more apartment buildings. We need our strata laws to evolve in line with that. We don't need them to become more complex. We just need them to evolve and keep up with the, the different types of development we're having in, here in Canberra. So the role of the developer is a very important one. 
And it is important that developers have a duty to disclose certain information to their clients. Uh, and overall, we are supportive of the direction of, of these reforms. How they will actually roll out on the ground, uh, I guess, is yet to be seen. But again, I think the main message here for developers or for owners, corporations or for builders is that in this space, you need to be getting really good advice. But we're, we're quite confident that, that these laws are fit for the future of Canberra and, and are going to serve us well into the future. Just coming back to an earlier point that we made about the harmonious laws and how it would be useful if people can relate to operating in the region as well as in the ACT. So the differences that we have with our New South Wales legislation to the ACT are quite stark. I guess some of the changes that have been introduced into our new legislation have heavily drawn on the New South Wales model. And in particular, New South Wales has recently adopted a developer disclosure regime, which is quite similar to how how it's intended to be rolled out in the ACT. So I think for our developers that do act in both jurisdictions, it will become more familiar and it will become more of a process. I think you've previously mentioned to me about the Queensland situation that Queensland have had a similar disclosure regime for some time. Yeah, and look, this is important, right? I mean, that the, the fact that we could have different states and territories with laws that are so different from each other is quite odd. So it's a good thing that we're moving to be more consistent, particularly with New South Wales. Um, for those of us uh, that um, I guess of users of the legislation, the, the lawyers and the planners and the developers and the architects, it is really important that these laws be as efficient as possible. It will save us money at the end of the day if these laws can be consistent with each other. And from a consumer's point of view, what it does is just provide them greater confidence that when they're buying into a strata complex, into an apartment building, they should have confidence that the, that the laws are going to serve them well. And at the end of the day, if, it, if there is confidence in a market Therefore, you have a market. Therefore, you've, you've got the ability to build something. You have a product to sell. I'm happy to declare my self-interest here, Susan, that I want Camperans buying more apartments and we want more building to be happening. We want that those 20,000 people in our industry to be working as, as hard as possible. So some of the defects that arise in, in buildings are related to maintenance or lack of maintenance. And there seems to be, uh, there's often the situation where a developer will build, will hand over the property, will sell all of the units into the unit development. And then the owners corporation, who is an organisation run by volunteers that are representatives of the owners corporation, they're not necessarily going to know how to maintain the, the building how regularly to attend to things and I think strata managers although they have experience in that role they're not qualified professionals to deal with that so one of the new reforms is an obligation on a developer slash builder at the end of a development to create the maintenance plan and the maintenance schedule can you just speak to how you see that rolling out and, and how your members feel about having to go through that process well, what you've hit on, Susan, is a really key point. That that ha the point of handover is where we see a lot of disputes and a lot of problems arising, particularly because of uh, lack of maintenance, which is the issue that you're talking about. So, even on a very simple project like a single house, that point where the building's finished, uh, you have that final meeting between client and builder, um, you hand over the keys and you make the final payment. If 
if, inform if key information about how you maintain that building for the next 30 or 50 years is not provided, then obviously there's going to be defects that will, ar will arise. And when we're talking about a large apartment building, it's the same concept. It's just um, far more important. It's just we're not dealing with one house. We're dealing with potentially 100. So we are really supportive of the notion of preparing a maintenance manual, which is a requirement and has to be provided to the owners' corporations because we know that if proper maintenance is done, particularly early on in a project, that's going to result in less defects resulting down the track. And it's often the builder that is blamed for those defects, but actually um, it's often just a lack of maintenance that, that results in problems. So this will save builders a lot of time, energy and money. It will save a lot of owners' corporations time, energy and money trying to fix problems um, years after they occur. And it, it's just common sense that you would have a maintenance manual. So, you know, well done on the ACT government for introducing this requirement. It probably represents drawing a line in the sand as well. So at handover, this is what's required to maintain it at this particular level in this particular condition. So from the developer slash builder's perspective, they've they've explained how, how to use that building. And from then on, it's really incumbent on the owner's corporation to run it from there. That's right. And the other point that should be made here is our buildings are becoming far more complex. They have complex systems of electrical, lighting, um, heating, cooling, mechanical. There's, there's, I mean, if you, if you sort of peel back the, the roof and look inside a modern-day apartment building, it is an extremely complex building that has lots of different systems going on. Um, you, could, you can't expect to hand over the long-term maintenance of that project to an O's corporation without an instruction manual, basically, on, on how to maintain it. We've touched on the fact that the reforms are necessary and to be harmonious would be great and useful. Unfortunately, law reform is often dense and complicated in order to achieve, hopefully, a more straightforward and simple approach at the end. The changes are dense and the transitional provisions are complex, but the opportunities that they present for both developers and builders and owners' corporations ultimately to put in place more transparent management schemes, that's, that's a win. It's going to take us a while to get there. Ultimately, it would be really useful if developing more complex projects can engage key consultants from the beginning of a project to discuss what the ultimate objective is, what sort of systems are going to go into a building, what sort of titling structure is going to happen with respect to that development, what content of commercial, residential, what the interplay of shared services are going to be. In New South Wales, it's quite common for a strata lawyer to be at the inception of a project, working these things through with the architect, engineers, builder, developer and strata manager. I think it would be useful to, for those developers that aren't already doing that in the ACT to consider that and it might be a model that MBA wants to support with with its committee, such as the Professional Consultative Committee, which I sit on, the people around that room have the skill sets and the advice and the recommendations that could make a really neat team at the start of a project. Susan, while the problem that you're describing is extremely complex, the solution is actually quite simple. You just need to go and get good advice at the start of a project, speak to companies like yours at Proctor Legal and get that advice early. 
um, that early advice is going to save you heaps of money, time and energy down the track. Um, we would also say that Canberra has plenty of local consultants here that can help you. You don't need to be going to Sydney or Brisbane or elsewhere to get this advice. Canberra is full of good quality builders, designers and specialist lawyers like yourself, Susan, who can help out here. So we would absolutely support the message of get that good advice early. Uh, it will pay off down the track. Thank you, Michael. It's been fabulous to have you on this podcast. In terms of the Bronwyn Weir Shear Gold report and the 42 recommendations and other information associated with MBA's responses on building quality, can you summarise where people can get access to that information? Yeah, thanks, Susan. Look, if you want to find out more information about the MBA or what we're advocating for, check out mba.org.au. For that information about the expert report that you mentioned, the ACT government has a really good portal, so you can check that on the, on the ACT government website. Um, it's been great being on your show. Thanks again to Michael Hopkins, CEO of Master Builders ACT, for finding some time to come on the show and share his thoughts and expertise. As Michael said, simply head to mba.org.au for more information about the MBA and what they are advocating for. Thank you so much for listening to the very first episode of Strata with Susan. I trust you enjoyed it and found it valuable and I'm looking forward to bringing you many more. And of course, if you'd like to get in touch and suggest a particular topic, ask a question for me to answer on the show, share a story or suggest a guest, I would love to hear from you. Simply visit proctorlegal.com.au to make contact. Until next time, thanks for joining me.